Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Today, we're going to talk about the outdoor risks and the benefits to pets. First, we're going to start with cats. I am not a big fan of outdoor cats. I think I've mentioned this before. I will mention it again. I have never had an outdoor cat. I never will have an outdoor cat. Does that mean that I don't think outdoor cats have benefits? No, but I'm just saying that the risks for me outweigh the benefits for cats. There are lots of risks to outdoor cats. Some of those I'll just list them and then we'll break them down a little bit. You have different types of poisons. You have other wildlife. You can have injuries. The weather, unfortunately, people are part of those risks. And there's also disease. So we're going to break that down a little bit. So Miranda, give us some of the thoughts that you have regarding some of these poisons that a cat might come in contact with on the outside? Well, poisons can be both intentional and unintentional. The intentional also goes along with the risks of people because one of the biggest problems with outdoor cats roaming is that they go into people's backyards, can dig in their gardens, can leave feces in different areas and just kind of wreak some havoc along with potentially killing birds or other small wildlife that they come across because that is part of their natural behavior. Unfortunately, though, people can have a lot of adversity to this aspect of cats. And when they feel like they don't have any other method of control, they can sometimes end up relying on something like a poison. Mm, yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad that people actually stoop to that. I had a cat at one point that got poisoned accidentally. I'm hoping accidentally with rat poison. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that go right to rat poisons to help prevent or get rid of a mouse infestation. And then if a cat eats a mouse that has eaten the poison, then the cat gets the poison. Yeah. And it's not a fun death. My cat died in my arms. It was not fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, poisons are, they're scary because you got like antifreeze mm-hmm. that's sweet to the smell. So they go to taste it and then it ends up causing havoc in their bloodstream. It's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are other vehicle uh, fluids that can also cause issues as well. And it's not necess- exactly a poison, but even when you let your cats out in the colder temperatures, like particularly if you're living in a colder climate and people are using, what do you call that? The, um, the salts that mm-hmm. they use, the ice, the ice melt. That's what I'm trying to think of. And they put that on the sidewalks and that if cats walk on that, that is caustic to the skin. Yes. Yeah. 
And then a cat's naturally going to want to clean its paws to get it off. And then they ingest that stuff. And then you have a sodium toxicity. Yes. Yeah. So that kind of goes along with the weather as well. So there's, there's a lot of things that they can encounter that can cause a lot of issues for them. And I don't know if people are just are aware of all of these issues and risks that could be out there. Maybe they feel that they, I've heard people say that cats deserve to be able to be free and wander and do their thing. But we don't seem to have that belief about dogs. So I'm not quite sure why there is a, a difference between how we treat cats as opposed to dogs. Yeah, I, I that confuses me too. I, I don't understand that. Maybe it goes back to the fact that people think cats do whatever the heck they want and you can't control a cat, which that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. That's totally not the truth. I mean... Are you living in the middle of Savannah? Are you living in the middle of the forest? Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, cats don't need to have that much space. Mm-hmm. They, it's not really beneficial to the neighborhood. If you live around other people, it's not beneficial to the ecosystem in small micro communities. Mm-hmm. They can really disrupt the ecosystem. I and mean, that goes into the wildlife. Not only do you have to worry about wildlife killing your cat, but your cat killing the wildlife. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those double-edged things. Cats are killers. They're natural killers. You cannot get rid of that. The cat is going to kill anything it can, especially if it's smaller than them. Bugs, birds, mice, rabbits, squirrels. It doesn't matter. They're going to chase and kill something if they have the opportunity. But I don't know. I, I I think that might be part of it. People just think, oh, well, you can't control a cat. So, mm-hmm. you know, they need to have the space to roam. Mm-hmm. It does make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think if you think about the natural instincts, it's like if they're in their wild, they they know how to, to deal with the wild. They know where to seek safety. They know how more or less how to protect themselves, where to go and that type of thing, you know, where the dangerous areas are you know they they get taught that by their their mums and they learn all of that but they don't really know how to navigate the city the city is a whole different animal yeah it is (laughs) so (laughs) to expect them to understand how to cross the street properly you know (laughs) or (laughs) when you you get like 20 cars coming down at every five minutes i mean yeah, yeah, you know, and not to ingest certain things and where to go to seek warmth if the weather is particularly cold or damp. Yeah, they just they don't know how to really navigate that. And that's where we come in, where we it's up to us to provide that protection for them. Yep, absolutely. They need us. And and if if that cat is your cat, if you either purchased the cat or adopted the cat or rescued a cat, then it's your responsibility to keep that cat safe because a cat that either you bought, especially if you bought, they don't have the skill sets to navigate the wild. These rescued cats, like some of them, the cat, the mother is rescued and then she has kittens and the kittens have never lived outside of a shelter. They don't have the skill set. 
Granted, a lot of them are resilient and they can figure it out, but why would you risk that with an animal that you actually chose to bring into your life? Mm-hmm. Just maybe they'll figure it out. Like that's that's like putting your kid on the street and say, oh, you're two, go navigate the world. You know, it right. doesn't make sense. <laughs> I know it's like an extreme example, but you know, in mm-hmm. my eyes, being a cat mom for my whole life, this is how I see them. They're they are my children in a sense, quote unquote children. And so it's my responsibility to nurture them, protect them, be responsible for them and give them the safe place to fall that they need. And that's the contract I signed, quote unquote, signed when I brought that animal into my home. Mm -hmm. And I know I've had at least one person say to me that they knew a cat who was roaming the streets for their entire life. They lived to a good 18, 19 or whatever year old age and didn't have any issues. So some rare. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that is probably more luck than it was actual skill set. Yeah, they they probably didn't end up encountering those risks that we're talking about today. And so didn't have to have to do a whole lot in order to to survive. But there's a lot of things that could cause injuries to an animal to to a cat maybe the injury could be severe enough that they are not able to to make it back to you and you might not even know about it. That's sad. That's sad. Not mm-hmm. knowing. Not knowing. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest fear when it comes to having an outdoor cat. And it's why I've I've done everything I can not to have an outdoor cat is that fear of when they go outside, am I going to see them again? Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really irrational because probably nine times out of 10, they'll come back home. But it's that 10th time that Mm -hmm. keeps me awake at night. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I don't think I have the emotional capability as a cat mom to worry about that, to wonder about that. I think that would stress me out beyond Mm -hmm. I'll get out. I mean, really, like, I just can't, I I don't know how people do it. (laughs) Honestly, I just don't know. Because I just, I don't think I have that capability. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was growing up, the cat that I had, we let her be an outdoor cat. I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't know any better at that time. And at some point, she ended up disappearing for a few days. And... I I didn't know what happened to her. I didn't know if she was dead or alive. I didn't know if I was going to see her again. And it it really wreaked havoc on me. I mean, I, I was young, so I also didn't really know how to, to deal with that. Eventually, she she did end up coming back. And other than being kind of dirty or something, she seemed to be okay. But you never know what could happen because another thing couple of things that could end up happening involving people is that sometimes cats will go into people's garages in order to to seek warmth or shelter of some sort and people could shut their garages not knowing that there's a cat in there and then they're stuck in that garage for however long until it gets opened again so that could be one thing that happens to them the other thing is is i know that there are people out there who will kidnap cats mm, i know i know it's so scary It's so scary being a cat mom. It really is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I see so many notices in my neighborhood 
posters that are put around in my neighborhood saying missing cat, missing cat, missing cat. And I would suspect that most of those people never see their cats again. That's really sad. Mm -hmm. That's really sad. I, you know, as an enlightenment teacher, I'm always like, well, people are great. I love people. I want, you know, (laughs) I mean, that part of me, but when it comes to being a cat mom, an educator of animal spirituality, animal behavior, animal nutrition, there's an awful lot that I have come across that literally break my heart what people do to cats. Now, not just people, not cat people do to cats, but people who hate cats do to cats. Mm-hmm. One experience I had, I was doing a um, an assessment on a cat who was not necessarily feral, but stray living in a colony. And I was asked to tap in because the cat was limping and something was wrong, but there was no visible signs. And whether you believe it or not, I did translate from the cat. I tapped in and I asked the cat what had happened. And the message that I got was that somebody did it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously cats don't talk the way we do. So he was giving me pictures and then I translate the pictures. And what I got was someone like a teenage kid throwing rocks at it. That was the image I got. Now, whether that was the truth or not, that's how the cat perceived it. But I got that this was caused by a human on purpose. And it it broke my heart that somebody would do that because of whether they just don't think a cat is, you know, has a, a soul or cares or they just hate them so much or they're afraid of them. That whole idea that there are people out there who are willing to do that to an animal just because it, it breaks my heart. I can't comprehend that. And all I feel is hurt when I hear that. And when I see that, um, so yeah. people are a big thing. I mean, I just don't know what people, what goes through these people minds. I mean, we know from, you know, crime shows or whatever, if you're a true crime buff, like me, you know, mm. most of these major criminals, they start with hurting animals right? and cats seem to get the brunt of that, but not even that, even just basic people not criminals or serial killers or anything like that, but just people who have misconceptions about what a cat is and their role on this planet. Just not knowing that and then thinking it's okay to torture and torment. Mm-hmm. It just breaks my heart. I mean, and not to bring this whole conversation down, but it is one of the biggest risks that I see when it comes to outdoor cats, outdoor dogs don't get that much that cats do. I mean, dogs, there are people who will just hurt an animal, just hurt an animal, but it's just cats just seem to get the brunt of it. And I, Mm -hmm. I don't understand it and it breaks my heart, but it is something, if you love your cat, keep this in mind. We want to see the best in people, but even though the majority of people are good people, there is a small amount of people who aren't really good. Mm. And I always talk about expect the best, but prepare for the worst of humanity. Mm. So yeah, I know I went on a little tangent on that, but Mm. it's something that is, it's a great fear of mine. And it's something in my work that I've come across. It's scary out there. Imagine Mm -hmm. if you're a cat, seriously, put yourself in their shoes or their their shoes, their little pads, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's scary. 
And, and I wonder if some of it also comes from the um, beliefs of the past, the superstitions, I guess you could say, you know, if you think back to the times of the witch trials and stuff like that, with paganism and all that, cats were often associated with quote unquote witches or wizards or whatever you call them. Yeah. Especially black cats in particular. Cats can often be thought of as mysterious and slinky and I don't know. I can't think of other words right now, but <laughs> I, know, I get what I get what you're putting down. No, I, I agree. <laughs> no, I totally agree. There has been throughout humanity. There has been Alexa, well, minus the Egyptians because they worship them as gods but (laughs) um with the whole pagan movement and the whole witch trials whatever i mean cats were familiars quote unquote familiars so a witch could be a cat and a cat could be a witch and you didn't know because they were mysterious and you didn't understand them and ooh, why are they slinking around this corner so yeah no i totally agree with you it could Mm -hmm. be very well could be just that Mm-hmm. And it's just seeped into society. And-, mm-hmm. and it may not be necessarily a conscious belief, but that people's behaviors are just connected with that because some on some level they may be associating that somehow. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you go into spirituality and yeah, everything's connected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, you know, generationally speaking, we do kind of bring in some of the traits of our ancestors, not mm-hmm. even intentionally it's just there it's part of our dna mm-hmm. so going back to the the risks to them when we think about the weather again if you're living in a place that has colder temperatures and for the most part that would be anything below 0 degrees celsius uh, but it could be slightly warmer temperatures too but with with the really colder temperatures where there's actually freezing that's happening there's a huge risk of hypothermia and frostbite yes. that they can end up having occur to them. So if they're not able to find shelter or if they're too far away, because, you know, you might think, oh, well, they're covered with fur. They're fine. But they're not fine. Most animals, even though they've got fur, are not going to expose themselves to the elements at, for long periods of time. They're going to go out long enough to find their food, get their their water, that type of thing. They're not going to just sit out in the snow in the open elements. Yeah. Yes, their fur does keep them warm to a certain extent, but their pads are not covered. They don't have much ear or much uh, fur on their ears and they don't have any on their nose. So those are highly susceptible to, to getting frostbite. Yeah. And one of the places that cats do like to go to seek warmth is under vehicles. They like mm-hmm. to sleep on top of those tire wells because it's close to the engine and they get the warmth from the engine. Plus it provides shelter from wind and that type of thing as well. Yeah. So when you are driving your vehicle, how many of you think to, to thump on your vehicle, you know, thump on the hood or close the door loudly or something like that to make a loud noise that could potentially scare off any cats that might be sleeping on your tire well or under the vehicle. Yeah. Well, the, I, I don't, think- I don't even do that. And I'm a cat person. So <laughs> I, I, I mean, I honestly, I don't, I don't think that we even think about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So hmm. 
they can get severely injured that way or possibly killed. Yeah. So letting them out in cold weather is really not a good idea because there's a high, high, high potential of them being injured, frostbite or injured from from a vehicle in some way. Or frozen to death just by being out there. And then you have the flip side if it's way too hot. And if they don't have access to water, they can get dehydrated and then they can die of of heat stroke. Mm -hmm. That's like on the other side. So if it's super hot outside, say it's over 90, Mm -hmm. you know, they do have that fur coat. (laughs) It's over 90. There's just Mm only there's only a certain amount of of heat that they can release to keep themselves cool. And if they don't have access to water then they're going to overheat, they're going to have heat stroke, and, and they will die that way as well. Or alternatively, too, they could find puddles to drink from. And these puddles could be contaminated with different things. It could be things like vehicle fluids, like antifreeze or something like that. It could also be contaminated with feces of other animals that could have disease in it. So Good they... Point could get sick from from drinking these these puddles. And again, in the wild, they're probably not going to drink from puddles too much. They're probably going to go more to an open source of water, like a lake or a river or something like that. But if it's hot out and they need it, they're, you yeah. know, anybody's gonna do anybody. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. well, <laughs> animals are people too. I keep saying this. No, <laughs> but any animal is going to just try to find a source somewhere if they are desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's so- scary out there, people. <laughs> There's, there's a lot to keep in, in mind and you and you just you really need to decide is the risks that are there that are that are out there for them <laughs> is that worth your belief of them being able to roam freely yeah i don't think it's worth it because we haven't even touched on disease Oh my goodness, there are so many diseases out there that animals can get. You have rabies and distemper and feline leukemia virus. And, you know, I mean, there's just so much out there that they can bring home with them. I mean, I'll just take briefly, feline leukemia virus is one of the most highly contagious diseases out there for cats. If one cat in a colony has feline leukemia virus, Pretty much the rest of the colony probably has feline leukemia virus because it gets passed through bodily fluids. So any licking, fighting, playing, you know, and so it's out there. I have two cats that have it. It's not a death sentence, but my cats Mm -hmm. are indoors. I'm not going to be bringing another animal into the house. They're not going to ever go outside because I don't want to kill another animal. But yeah, and rabies. Oh, my goodness. Oh, My mom had a cat and I helped with the recovery energetically, but it got into a fight with a rabid raccoon. Mm. It was in quarantine for 30 days. It had to get all the shots. They weren't sure if he was going to make it. I mean, it is scary. It is super scary. I don't, I mean, too, gosh, yeah. Diseases are, do you have anything to say about Mm -hmm. that? Because that's like a big fear. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of outdoor cats or having cats outdoors. So I get a little heated, but what are your thoughts on the diseases? Well, I I can hear some of you probably saying, oh, well, but I've got all the vaccines for my cats, so they're protected. They're, They're fine that way. But the thing is, is that not all diseases have vaccines for them. 
So that doesn't mean they're completely protected. And there are certain things like there are parasites that they can ingest. You can't get a vaccine for that. And the worst thing about that is not, not well, not the worst thing, but an additional thing to that is not only does it affect your animal, your cat, but they can bring it home and infect you as well because it's a zoonotic illness. Yeah. And especially if you've got young children that, you know, you could end up with having a lot of your family members infected. So that is another consideration to take into mind. I know. It's like now I'm afraid of outside. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so afraid of the outside. Um, No, But yeah, I mean, these are real, real issues, especially with cats. I mean, most people don't let their dogs roam free. I think there are places in the world where they do. And there are stray dogs in a lot of places where people just decided to drop them off that would have the same risks as these cats. But it just seems that when it comes to cats, there are so much more risk. You know, a cat has to worry about dogs. Cats have to worry about raccoons. Cats have to worry about coyotes. Cats have to worry about, yeah. Keep your cats inside, people. <laughs> it's just, it's scary it's a scary world out there yeah and there's there's a lot of alternative options that you can provide for your cats that can make them quite comfortable and happy with staying at home and it doesn't necessarily mean they have to stay inside inside you can create if you have the right uh, setup you can create an environment so that they can actually go outside in a safe manner and still be able to interact with the the birds and the squirrels and that type of thing as well. There's things that are called catios. Those are cool. Yeah, I found out about them last year and I was just like, wow, these are amazing. And you, you can get them in a very simple form, you know, where it's just basically an enclosure that goes outside of one window. That's the simplest form that I've seen. Or you can get something that's really elaborate that kind of goes around in the backyard and it can go up and down and around and over (laughs) all this kind of stuff, depending on, you know, how fancy you want to get. Yeah. But it keeps them safe because they can still come inside when they want to come inside. They're protected from any wildlife whether it be the coyotes on the ground or even like an eagle or something that could be in the sky that could pick them up and take them off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. And it it prevents them from being able to ingest anything that could cause harm to them. Yeah. Cause it's so, a controlled environment. You can keep everything controlled. The one thing I want to add, as far as the catios are concerned, I have had, I live in the city so well, not really city city. It's 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 a small city, but we have a lot of cats that wander. I think some of them are feral, so they're not owned by anybody. They're part of a colony, but others are just people just randomly let them wander outside. And they're not even fixed to boot, which is like a no-no. Get your animals fixed, regardless of whether they're indoor or outdoor. But because then you're going to have more of a problem in your neighborhood. But what I had a problem with is my cats love the windows. All cats love to sit in windows. And the cats from the outside would notice the cats on the inside and they would try to get to the 
try to get to my cat. So they would jump onto the jump at the window or whatever. I have a couple holes in one of my screens Mm -hmm. that a cat did. So Mm -hmm. when you build these catios, the one thing that I, because I want to have a catio at one point, and I'm going to put like plexiglass or something that goes maybe about four feet up where like the whole bottom of it is protected so the cats can't get to them from the inside. So like they can be inside the catio on the ground, hanging out in the sun and a a feral cat can't come to the outside of the catio and cause a problem because there's that that barrier there, that plexiglass barrier. Mm -hmm. Other thing I have is in the windows, I have chicken wire that I have it coming off the house at a 45 degree angle, which protects the cats as well, because cats don't like to jump at things that go over their head. Mm -hmm. So um, at a 45 degree angle, that's helps. So I just wanted to add those couple experiences that I've had. Mm -hmm. So if you build a catio, make sure, because if a cat's walking in your property and they see your cat inside the catio and they have feline leukemia virus or rabies or whatever, and they try to attack your cat through the fence or through the, the wire mesh of the catio, your cat can still get sick. Mm-hmm. So having a, a little bit of a clear barrier or something that the cats can still see outside, but they're still protected from any animal that walks into your yard. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think is a good thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And you have the option of creating it yourself if you're handy, but there are also companies out there that will build them for you if you choose to go that option. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then you see, sometimes you see uh, people with their cats on leashes. I think that's so cute. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good alternative. You want to give your cat a good walk outside. Mm -hmm. I used to do that with mine, but we kept them in the backyard. We didn't go walking down the street because I think when you leash walk down a street like a dog, there are some things you still have to be worried about. Like if you're walking down the street and somebody else is walking with a dog and they see a cat on a leash, it's like fair game, easy mm-hmm. pickings if the dog is that type of a dog. But I do like the idea. If you could get your cat on a leash to get them to learn a leash, then you can at least bring them outside and let them explore on that leash with you Mm -hmm. there supervising it. I like that. Yeah. And I, but I think that even if you do walk them out in the neighborhood, as long as you have the awareness and you're paying attention to what's going on around you, you can see, you can get a sense to how another dog or another person is, is reacting. And if you think that there might be a dog that could be aggressive to your cat, you do have the option of picking them up and going in the other direction or something like that. So you don't necessarily have to keep them in the backyard as long as you stay aware. And you may think it's really difficult to to train a cat on a leash. And it could be much more difficult if you start them at a later age because they're, they're not used to it. But cats are trainable. Yes, they are. It's just sometimes we need to have a little more patience with them because yeah. they're not as reward oriented as dogs typically are. So you can start with just taking them a little bit, just going a little bit of a distance and then each time just trying to to go a little bit further. And once the cat kind of gets used to being uh, and it's it's better to have them on a harness. Rather oh, yeah. Than a yep. Yep. Leash. Harness. No collars because collars for cats typically bear quick release. So 
definitely get a harness. Oh my goodness. Yes, definitely. And they're, they can be magicians too. So they have (laughs) skills to be able to get out of things. (laughs) Yes, they are. They're like Houdini's, little Houdini's. Yeah, I like that. And then, of course, there's also got the indoor enrichment, right? Like the things that you can do. You know, we talk about playing with your animal, you know, giving them the time that they want with you. You don't let a cat just do whatever. Play with your cat. Do you have to be tossing a string all day long? No. There are lots of other things you can do. I can tell you one of my cat's feedings is an enrichment feeding. We literally like toss their food to them. And they run all over the house and chasing it and catching it like they're hunting. It's the most fun they have all day long. They love it. And we get a kick out of it too. And it's this five to 10 minute time period where they just get to run all over and chase food. And it allows them to bring out their instinctual nature and play the way cats naturally want to play and also fulfill that hunting need that they have. So that's a really, so indoor enrichment is really, really powerful when it comes to cats. Mm-hmm. Give them something to do. Mm-hmm. Have fun with and, them. Yeah. And and there's enrichment sites that you can find that will give you suggestions if you're struggling to think of what you could do as an enrichment activity. But I caution you to not just randomly try anything that people suggest because there are some things that are not safe or not healthy. So you, you do need to keep in mind what exactly you're doing and do a little bit of research on it. If it sounds like it's something that you think you'd like to do, talk to a professional and a vet, an animal health technologist, or somebody of that nature and get some advice on whether or not that would actually be a good idea. Yeah. And also it's not about your entertainment. It's about the animal's entertainment because there are people out there that think that certain things are fun with cats and cats do not think it's fun. Right. So it's about the animal. Again, I say this every freaking episode. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about the animal. <laughs> so make sure that any indoor enrichment activity that you do choose and that you do talk to your, you know, your team, your pet care team is for the animal's benefit, not for your benefit. Mm -hmm. And so with that, we'll be back next week. And we're going to talk about the risks and benefits of the outdoor for dogs. So have an incredible week and we will see you back here next week. Bye for now. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.